um, you know, basically, we're, uh, when they opened the base medrash up that day, Bobayom, everybody knows that day when the, uh, uh, they impeached Reb Gamliel, and they took away the, uh, the, the, the blocks on the doors, and they let everybody in, and there was an unusual opening of subjects uh, that we went to. And so we start, they started with Sota, and then they mentioned another subject, um, which we're in the middle of, which is um, how far does uh, things that cause impurity, and, uh, how far does it spread? In other words, if something has a dead creepy on it, or it's in the same oven as a dead creepy, and then... Um, uh, that touches another food, and that touches another food. How how long do we keep the tumor going? How how far does it spread? And so the mystery that we had, uh, we started off talking about three steps removed. Uh, and that, in other words, things that are three steps removed, which was you have the food that the creepy is in contact with, you have the food that he's not in contact with, and then you take that food and remove it, and it gets put with some other food if it'll continue to spread uh, that far. Uh, today, where they have things like salmonella and other uh, they it actually spreads that far. You know, like they try to figure out, you know, how did it get from the, the farm? You know, well, this, this touched, you know, the manure touched the, the salad, which touched the next piece of salad, which ended up in the sandwich, which ended... It's really like, it's, it's beyond Ravi. You know, it's, a, it's many, many... So they're, going, aren't they, they're going backwards. Correct, correct, right. Because we know that it contaminates, and so we want to figure out where it came uh, from, and you got to go back three or four steps. But we want to know, when it comes to holiness, things becoming um, uh, tumor, when they become uh, uh, impure, how far does it keep, how far does it go? So it really depends, um, it depends on the... um, uh, whether we're talking about uh, the holier something is, the more sensitive it is. And so um, that's, uh, so there's one thing for what we call chulin, and then there's another thing for uh, kodesh. And so what we wanted to know, and truma is before that, and uh, there's also, um, um, so uh, we want to know, basically we want to know for kodesh, and other kodesh are karbanos, Things that are korbanos, those are the most sensitive because that's that goes in the, the holier the place it goes to. So uh, the question we had is, do you have ravi bekodesh? In the laws of of kodesh, do, do you go can tuma spread up to four? And that's really what our Gemara is trying to prove. Um, and we're on twenty nine b. So um, the um, let's. Uh, You'd be mad at me, but let's go all the way back a paragraph down. I'll read it very quickly. Um, you'll, you'll get a little lost here, or if you might get lost, you might not. Um, the reason why it's challenging is we keep on going from different levels of every level of holiness has different rules. So there's Kodesh, there's Truma, uh, and there's Kulin, and then there's a few other, other areas too. And so we're going to try to bring from one, if you see in one area, we say something spreads until the fourth. So will it spread in other areas of halacha four, four degrees or not? So it really started on uh, Tanya. It's about a paragraph down. Omer of Yosi, Menayin the Ravi, Bekodesh, Apostle. That was the whole question. And we might as well 
skip to the middle of tomorrow's page. Till, and well, it'll take us like five minutes, and you'll be totally lost. But that's the basic question: is do you know this? Uh, will it spread? And and those words are not hard to read. Um, how do you know the Revi Bekodesh Apostle? That something that was a four steps removed from the Tuma, uh, when it comes to something holy, a cor- Corbin meat, or Corbin, uh, uh, it could be also flower offerings or other things, how do you know that it will make it invalid? And uh, the only way we have is if it's not written directly in the Pusik, so we'll learn it from some of the other laws which means we're going to use logic, and whenever we use logic in the base magic, we get attacked, which is fine. That's what you can expect. Meaning that uh, logic means it's open game. If, if I quote a Pusik, that's what the Torah says. But if I say it's logic, so then I'm asking you to say, well, you can disagree with me, and ab- they absolutely will. So that's what uh, Rabbi Yossi is going to throw in there. So he says, it's logic. So he wants to learn from a, a person that's Tomei and didn't yet bring his korbanos. And that the final, uh, there, in order to remove Tuma, there's the mikvah part, there's the spritz, where you get the ashes thrown on you, and then there's the timing, you got to wait a week, and, there, and then you got to bring your offerings. Certain Tuma only gets removed when you bring the korbanos. And, and let's say you did everything else you got rid of all the physical tumor, but you didn't bring the offering. Let's say your person's a mitzvah or something, or even the, you're not done yet. So the question is, what level tumor is that? The mechosuki part of He's missing like Yom Kippur. He's missing his atonement. But here he means he didn't bring the offering for the atonement. Shemutzer betrumo apostle bekodesh. So over there, the rule is, um, he's allowed to eat truma, but he's not allowed to eat kodesh. So if he didn't bring his offering, he's a Kohen. He's allowed to eat Truma. Truma is pretty holy. But you see that Kodesh is holier. That's, the, that is, uh, uh, that's really our question. The holier you get, the more sensitive it is. So uh, we see that Kodesh is the holiest thing. And we know, Shlishi, uh, we know that up to three, uh, um, three, uh, three times away, Pasal Betruma, Eidadin, Shiasa, Revi, Kodesh. Okay, that's what he wants to say. Logically, if you go three times for Truma, certainly you'll go four times for Kodesh. That's his argument. Uh, and so now the only question was, well, how did you know you go three times? Well, I'm dating Shlisha the Kodesh Torah. He said that we go back to Scripture from the Torah. Ravi Mikavah Chomer. Shlisha the Kodesh Torah. How does he prove that? Exceed. We're right in the middle of the page. And aren't we talking about the Nagavashani that he touched his second one and the Torah says, don't eat it? So you see, Minat Torah, three times away, you don't need it. Revi, the fourth time, Kabuchama Kenamarn. So that was the famous teaching of Rav Yossi that for Kodesh, for Karbanos, you go up to four times removed from the original Tuma, you can't use it. Once you hit five times, then already it would be okay, but four not. Omer, Rav Yochanan, Tamba Rebbein Yedea Mahu. He says, I don't understand my Rebbe. I don't get it. Shari Chuvaso Betzido. Because the uh, the the tshuva the um, the refutation the word tshuva means like to come back. He wanted to go that way. I can bring him back. There's a tshuva. There's something that blocks what he's that pulls him back. His argument right next to what he's saying. And where is that? That's from another case. 
and uh, we get into a totally, again, another level of Tumah, but don't let it, uh, there it has to do with somebody that brought his offerings, and he got, and he stopped his leprosy, or he stopped his issue, whatever it was making him Tumah is long gone, and he's counting the days, and he's going to the mikvah, and uh, he got the spritz. The only thing he needs now is he's got to wait for the, uh, the, the nighttime. That's the Tvul Yom. That's, again, we had Mechusiki Porim. The only thing he's missing is the offerings. And now we're bringing a proof from the Tvul Yom. The only thing they're missing is time. And again, I relate to that because sometimes you just got to wait. You know, after you just wait and then a certain amount of time has got to go by. And that's all. So that's the Tvul Yom. Shapostle Betrum Kodesh. He says, wait a second, you, over there, Tful Yom is not very Tameh, but it doesn't, it doesn't spread to the fourth. That's, that's there, it would just go to three. Reb Meir says, No, that it could keep on going. They say, no. He wants to, um, uh, that means that just like uh, it would be invalid for the truma, the, the tuma would spread. So it would spread um, uh, uh, from one uh, to the other. Um, basically, the, um, we would see from there that it doesn't go, for, it doesn't go f- to four times. So uh, this is his question on his Rebbe, was from the case of the Tful Yom, it doesn't seem to go four. Rebbe said, which was Rebiosi in this case, Rebiosi said you have Tumma spreading to four times by Kodesh, and he has a question, we, don't, we see it doesn't, doesn't go that far, only goes to Shlishi. So, Well, this is an easy answer. Who said he agrees with that opinion? Maybe he held like Abishol. And that's how you get to four. So the Morris said, no, no, that's not going to work. He said, because if he held like Abishol, then he wouldn't have to bring his proof from the case that he did. Then he could have brought three lines from the bottom, from the food that came from the Tvul Yom. And what would that proof be? So again, this all started with the four levels of Tumah by Kodesh. And, uh, but um, we said, uh, the question was what his proof uh, from another case where we see that it doesn't seem to go to four, it only goes to three. And we said, maybe he doesn't agree with that opinion, but the, maybe he holds like the other opinion. The Morris says, well, if he held like the other opinion, he would have said it differently. And he would have said it like this. Uh, if uh, food that came in touch with a person who went to the mikveh that day, Again, the, the challenge is that we, we, we keep switching cases. Now we're in the case where he has everything, but he's a Tvul Yom. He's waiting for the nighttime. So over there, he can eat Hulan, but Amos Osi Revi Bekodesh, we say that it does go four times for Korbanos. Shlishi Haba Mach Mesheni, the Sheni Guv, as we turn to today's page. And again, if you wanted me to explain each case and go into it, then we could spend the whole morning on each case. But uh, So um, basically, if he held like Abishol, he would have had a very good way to present the case that it goes to the four. And we, we didn't say that. The key tema, so why didn't he? If he held like Abishol, he could have brought a very good proof that it goes to the four from this case. I'll tell you why he didn't want to go there. Because the Tvul Yom uh, in that case, he had Tuma coming out of him. 
the Tfu Yom was a guy who was either like a Mitzora, uh, who has the, the, the Tzaras itself creates the Tumah, or he was a man with an issue, like a Zav. And so that's, uh, that's much different, uh, the spreading of Tumah when you're the source, than something to touch something to touch something. Mm-hmm. So even though he's purifying himself, but at the end of the day, it was coming out of him. He was the uh, he was the Av Hatuma. He was the father of all to. He was the originator. So um, so Lumara says, yeah, but Hayisim Mechusikiporim. The Mechusikiporim was the Av Hatuma, and we didn't ask that. So uh, therefore, um, uh, he still has his question on his Rebbe. Okay, so now we are done with that uh, direct uh, line about making the Ravi Bekodesh. Uh, he has a question on his Rebbe, why he didn't, uh, so the, the, the Rebbe's proof. But uh, the bottom line is, uh, that that's the question, that whether the Tumah spreads four times <laughs> in the laws of Kodesh and the laws of Karbanos. Uh, now, once we mention that, now we'll mention the laws of, um, not in Kodesh, but in regular, um, in, uh, in other types of holiness, does it spread three times? So, uh, and that's the next thing. Um, Omer Ravasi, Omer Rav, Omer Le, Omer Rav, Barasi, Omer Rav, Rameir, Rav Yosi, Rishua, Relazer, Rav Eliezer, Kulis Farli, the Ain Shani Osish Lishi Bechulin. That when it, that's only when you're with holy things that it spreads, but when you're with regular food, it is, it won't go past the Shani. The Shani won't turn it into a Shlishi. Um, the the Tuma won't spread when you're just talking about Chulin. What is the case of that? So now we're going to quote these four opinions and show you where they all said that, uh, that you don't, get, you don't get to a shlishi in all these cases. So before we were talking about Kodesh, Korbanos, now we're talking about regular food. Anything that the rabbis required you to wash your hand. Uh, that, 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 that's what it means. That's a fancy way of saying it. It needs bias mayim. It needs to come into the water. It needs to, you need to wash your hands, the rabbis recommend. If you don't wash your hands, kodesh. if you were eating kodesh, it would make it truma. If you touch truma with your hands that aren't washed, you're in trouble. But chulin and meiser, okay? They say no, by meiser you can't. So uh, we see that... Uh, that for uh, Hulin, it doesn't go that far. Rabbi Yossi had Amr. That was the one we quoted um, earlier. The uh, uh, and what's the and how do we see that the e is the lysi revi betruma bechamishi And if even Hulin had a shlishi, basically, if the starting point was that it goes three steps at the lowest end, so then the next one up would go four, and the next one up would go five. And so since we didn't, uh, we, had, we had trouble proving that the holiest thing went four, so we're trying to say the chulin didn't go to three. Rabbi Yeshua, where is that? Uh, if uh, the original food is, 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 uh, one, uh, is the first, uh, the originator, sheni, sheni, shlishi, shlishi. Each one, it goes one, two, three. Um, basically, if you eat a rishon, your body turns into a sheni. Uh, let's see the Rashi. Um, it's uh, the third, second wide line. Shlishi sheni lakodesh. Ocho ocho shlishi. If you eat a shlishi, nasa gufa. That's actually the wrong Rashi. Um, well, let's not do the Rashi. Okay. 
Back to the Gemara. So, um, this is going to, I don't want to confuse things. We're showing, the, the, again, the question is, what's the starting point for the spreading of Tumah? Does it go three levels or not? Um, yeah. Someone else, and that person becomes a Rishon too. The whole idea that it's a Rishon becomes a shame. That, 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 well, I mean, if you're, if you're up at this level and you get contaminated, you transfer to him, you Saying it's not attached anymore. He's saying once it's not attached, it's le- it's not it's not direct electricity. Let's that say, yeah. Um, well, the line of the Gemara just said, "Shani, shani." So the one who eats the food is a shani, becomes a shani, and the one who eats food that is a shlishi becomes a shlishi himself. Each step is one removed. It down it, it downgrades. But this is what Richard is asking. Why does it what? This opinion that Rabbi Yeshua is quoting the Mishnah doesn't say that. Saying, Ocho, Ocho, Rishon, Rishon, Shani, 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 Shlishi, Shlishi. So it doesn't say Shlishi becomes a Ravi. He's maintaining that level. Um, yeah, when food, when something transfers to another food, it would go down. When he, you eat it, you, you are what you eat. Yeah, that's a that's that is a little different, right? In other words, uh, uh, the when one food touches another, it doesn't. Um, well, as Ravavi is saying is that when you you swallow it, it's part, it becomes part of you. So it's not even a transfer. It it you are the rishon. <laughs> you ate the rishon, so you are the rishon. You know that's the. Uh, okay, Re, uh, Rabbi Yeshua says, "Ocho ocho rishon." He says, if you eat a v'ocho sheni, sheni, if you eat a rishon, you're a rishon, if you eat a sheni, you're a sheni. Um, shlishi, uh, if you eat a shlishi, sheni b'kodesh ain't sheni b'truma. Um, it, the question is whether it will spread, b'chul and shenasa al-taris truma. It's because you're, even though the food is not on, uh, um, it's not, um, it, it's really not holy food, but you're treating it like it is. That's what's called chul in the tomato, al-taris truma. Al-taris truma in, al-taris and kodesh lo. Uh, but if it was kept with the laws of karbanus, it would not spread. Alma kasavar ain't sheni osu shlishi b'chulin. He seems to say that you don't go to number three. So that's uh, another opinion that says for chulin, this is what we're looking for, whether you, you have the three steps in chulin. Where, uh, who's the next one? Relevant atani, relazar amr shloshin shavan. Harish and Sheba, three things are the same. The first one in Kodesh, Vishabakulam, Shebatruma, uh Metame Shnaim. They would be Metame up to two levels of Posalakh. Uh Bakodesh Metame Yakuru Posalakh. Betruma Uposalakhad Bakulin. Um so you see that it goes up to three levels. Rebelazar, who is that? It's on Relazar Omar. So he's going to bring a proof from a case of Khala. We have Khala. Um when you separate that piece of on the dough. And by, by the way, that's a form of truma. That's a form of a tithe. And uh, the problem is, it has to be pure. And since we're not pure, we can't give it to a Kohen and we can't use it because it's, it, it's contaminated, the, the challah. So um, the question is, in order to, to separate challah, 
you need to have a certain amount. So what if some of the challah became tameh and some is tahar? So the part that you want to give to the kohen, you want it to be tahar. But you can't touch it together because then that will make some of it uh, uh, tameh with the others. So challah nitelus minatahora alatmeya. He holds you could put the two together. You could put one dough that's tahar together with the dough that's tameh. Now, why would you do that? Wouldn't you be transferring the tumah from the tumah to the tameh dough to the tahar dough? And that's a no-no. So he has a great solution. Ketzeh. Shtei isis achas Torah. You got two doughs. You got two pizza doughs. One is tahar and one is not. So, notukadei chala mi'isis shelo humer. You take a piece of dough from a uh, chala that wasn't yet um, separated. Uh, you make a bridge. You've got your two doughs, and you make a paraf bridge in the middle. You know, you take a little piece in the middle. And so technically, it looks like they're all touching. Is, is that dough coming from one of the two chalas? No, it comes from a third a one, a separate one. So now you could look at it as like it's one big thing, and you could separate on one from the other. Now, why do you have to have it all attached? So this is a, a, a rule. When you take challah, the dough, the dough has to be here. Sometimes a person, chas forgets to take challah. They forget. So the good news is you can take challah after it's baked. You just put all the loaves together and you can take... That, that's happened that people sometimes forget uh, to take challah. There's that another... Make, uh, that would make that one challah not whole, though, right? Correct. If, or That's right. But, okay, use it for the weekday, <laughs> you know, that... Um, now, where it um, gets interesting um, is uh, some people don't realize that whenever you have a dough, you have to separate it. What if you're making a cake batter? So cake batters are very liquidy, and you can't try to, try to take a handful of cake batter and give it to the kohen. It's going to fall through your hands. So the halacha there is you have to take it after it's baked, that, that you take challah from a, um, you know, because that's, that, that's when you would take it. But uh, the rule is you can only take it if you bring everything together. It has to be all together. To sep- when it was a dough, everything was, con- was there. But over here, the, the, the pieces are separate. You put them all together because there's halacha for challah that has to be mina mukif. The word mukif means like all together, all surrounded. Um, and, it has uh, to be a pretty big cake, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it has to be a pretty big cake. That's correct. You have to, a few pounds of flour. That's the... Uh, uh, but, but we, the caterers, do that kind of. The bakers do that kind of cake. That's, that's what we see. Um, so we have, uh, this comes up in modern kashras, this concept of mukif, which is you have a non-Jew, you have a bakery uh, where it's owned by a Jew, so you have to separate challah. But the workers, are, they don't speak English. They're all Spanish. They can't separate challah. So what can you do? This is a big dilemma, really, because they all bake in the middle of the night. There's no mashgiach there. How do you separate challah from the dough? There's nobody who halachically would be believed uh, to do that. So uh, what you, uh, what the method, oh, you came up with this method, or it's, it's what's commonly done, is you have a piece of dough um, that's uh, kept in the mixing room. Uh, usually it's like a box of matzahs or a piece of dough. And um, what you do is that you say that a, a piece of that dough should become the challah for the dough that's being made in the, right n- nearby. 
that's 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 what the uh, I, I do that every single day actually. The uh, we have our four or five bakeries, and we have this what this backup dough in each of them, and we say that a little piece of that dough that's in the backup should become the challah. Uh, you're not there to actually take a piece, but you have this other piece, and a part of that will become challah, and then eventually you take that big piece and you burn it. Retroactively. Yeah, that's right. But what's the problem? It's not connected. It's not connected. So, um, so the question is whether being in the room is considered connected. So Rashi, the Rashi that we're going to see over here says, no way, Jose. In fact, our Gemara, you got to have, it's got to be connected. You got to add that little piece to make all the doughs together. But this is one of the one of the methods that the uh, the kashrus agency is. If it's does it have to be connected, or is it enough if it's in the same room? And then sometimes you got to put the dough in the freezer. So can you can you take a piece of challah from the dough in the freezer on the dough that they're making outside in the mixing room? It's a little bit of a stretch, but I didn't invent it. Don't blame it on me. That's the. Uh, <laughs> but that's the question of can you separate a dough that's not min hamukif that's not connected to the other dose. You've got to separate from the, everything that's right there. Um, let's see that Rashi over here, the Rashi that disagrees with all of the modern Kashras. Um, that's uh, three lines from the bottom. The nos nepokos be'emsa, you put that little piece of dough in the middle, kade litrum, in order that you separate from everything that's connected. What does this mukav mean? Mukav means attached. Not like I'm telling you that it's not attached, but it's in the room. It's kind of attached in the room, right? Uh, but Mekurev, it's close by. Kamo, and where do you see that this word mukav means close by? It's a pasik that you have to separate challah from, uh, it's got to be nearby. Uh, therefore you need you've got to put it all together. Um, typically, like I said, if you hadn't yet taken kala, you would put all the doughs together and when you separate it. Okay, anyways, back to the Gemara. That's just an interesting halacha for, that you, your Torah minamukif. You take the kala when it's all, again, the way we do it, it's all attached. It's very simple. But if you hadn't done it and it's baked, you've got to get all those loaves together in one spot and then you separate from the piece. So what's the status of that? You got to take your own challah, I guess. In the old days, in the old days, um, um, it was common for rabbis not to eat a piece of bread without taking a little piece and making a challah because they didn't trust the bakery. You couldn't trust in the middle of the night that uh, nobody was there that they separated each piece, and so just to be careful, and that's why to this day Manashevit says on the matzah we took challah because they didn't want somebody breaking off a piece of their matzah and saying, well, now Manashevitz is owned by non-Jew. It doesn't have to take challah, but they, they still have it on their box. But that was, the, it was, if you had a rabbi, you know, 50 years ago was traveling in America and you gave him a piece of bread, he would, you would have noticed that he separated a little piece and didn't eat it because he didn't trust that the challah was taken. Um, or he, it was a big enough problem that people forgot to take challah or it got... Uh, um, uh, you didn't need to burn it afterwards? Uh, it could be you do. It could be, it would be best to burn it. Uh, but uh, at the very least, the part that you eat needs it separated. 
it, it could be if you're just doing it l'chumra, just in case, maybe you don't have to burn it. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's not, uh, not required. Okay, at any rate. Yeah. It sounds almost like a tamura kind of concept. What you said about the dough is in the room and it's not attached and saying this takes the place of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tamura has to be next to it. Same kind of thing. So the question here is when you've got dough in the mixing room, can the rabbi use the dough that's put aside up on a high shelf for the other dough that's being made below in the mixing room? Is that, is that close enough? Is that minamukif or not? It's not ideal, but that's, again, that's the backup system that uh, um, they're supposed to actually take from the dough, but in case they didn't, you've got this backup dough. That's, uh, Why couldn't they just touch that backup dough? Because the... nobody's in the mixing room to do it. No, nobody's there other than the workers. So you've got to... Uh, so you're retroactively relying on that? Um, yeah, you're relying on that, that in case they the, 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 there was nobody there to separate the act, a piece of the actual dough, so then a piece of the dough that you have up on high, or, that's usually in the form of a matzah, would become the challah for that batch. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, we learn kabeya. So it has to be at least the size of an egg, the dough. So savrua idi vaidi biisiri shonam, and we thought we're talking about the original dough, the chulin atfun lechala lavka chala dami, and this is not uh, this is not the chala itself. This is the regular the the dough is chulin. It's just regular food that you're eating. The chala takes on this higher level, and so basically by the chala we have this big debate uh, whether uh, um, uh, whether or not. You have a problem uh, transferring the tumma from one dough to the middle dough. What's the argument? The marsaver ain't sheni osishlishi bechulin. It doesn't transfer. Well, marsaver no sheni osishlishi bechulin. So we see that there is this argument if you have the three levels of tumma spreading by chulin. Omar remori breder kanakuli alma no ain't sheni. Everybody agrees it doesn't go by chulin. Over here hacha bechulin atul nechala kamefugi. This isn't regular chulin. This is chulin that chala is being separated. Mar savr kachaladam. It has to be treated like chala, and then you do have three levels. And mar savr lo kachaladam. That's one way to learn it. Or iboisem, if you want, you could say chuliyam chulin tuun lechala lo kachala. Know that the chulin that chala is separated for is not like chala. Ve'en shein yos l'shlishi bechulin, and we don't go three levels. But the argument over here is hacham muter ligrum tuma lechulin shebe eretz yisrael. Are you allowed to make it tame? Mar savr, why not? Let it become tame. If, if you're not eating holy stuff, mutter ligrum tuma lechulin, it's not, it's chulin. Omar savr, no, aser ligrum tuma lechulin sheba eretz Yisrael. I told you we'd have fun today. So, uh, but uh, basically, so the whole day, the whole, first we talked about does tuma spread four levels, and now we wanted to know, and that's for Kodesh, and then now we want to know does it spread three levels uh, for Hulin. And, and again, there's about six or seven cases in each one. You can look up and get into the nuances of those cases. As we continue on, what else did they talk about Boba Yom? So we said that there was an argument about the 2,000 Amas by the city of the Levium. So what was that argument about? One view is the idea that you can't carry outside a city. The reason we're not so familiar with this is that Atlanta keeps on going forever. You could walk and walk and walk, and you're never outside the city. It, it, it keeps on going. It just, you know. But in the old days, it was very easy to walk outside a city. You had a walled city, and once you passed that wall, you were in the middle of nowhere. 
So you counted, so there's the halacha that you're not supposed to travel more than 2,000. Is that been a Torah or not? So that's an argument. Mar Savitumen de Raisa, Mar Savitumen de Rabban. Okay. Tan Rabban. Now we get to the next teaching of the, uh, of the Boba Yom. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, it well. Usually, I would say the adulterer in the sota, uh, you know, would be the 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 thing is one has to do with food and one has to do with uh, with marriage, you know, or, or it's a different. In other words, one is what. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, well, we had that question in terms of who is preferable to, to marry. Right? The mother or the daughter, right? Exactly. That's that's the, right, right. Yeah, um, it, it it raises an interesting question. That's I I, I don't have a I don't I not not I'm, because it, it is such a different. The Torah uses the word tuma in both cases. And we're saying that it potentially spreads. It's really a scary thought that Tuma, you know, the, the, the one next to it and the one next to it. Um, the only thing I would say is that just like unholy things spread, holy things spread too. So if you have holiness, hopefully that, uh, you know. By, by the Sota, the word Tuma over there is, is really indicating that she made a big mistake as compared to over here by food or, or but, even Sherrod. Mm-hmm. But but that, transform, that clearly transformed. But the Gemara actually wanted to learn from a Suffolk, just like over there, it was Suffolk Tumo were strict. So too, in our cases, of so it, it wanted to make that comparison, even though it's a totally different use of the word. Um, so it, so it did. It, it, we did say we learned Tumo from Sota. So it didn't say, well, that's totally different. That's talking about the Tumo of sin, and this is talking about the Tumo of a dead creepy. You know, it, it both involved. It amounts to this uh, a similar thing that it's distance from Hashem. It, to, just like a sin creates a distance from Hashem, so too these um, you know if if you want to eat food in holiness and it touched a dead creepy, that's it can't be holy if it touched a dead creepy or a dead body or under the roof or the you know you didn't wash your hands then that it you'll you won't be able to eat it in the level of holiness that's needed. Okay. Uh, but then we get to the, another discussion that they had, uh, which was more on uh, the type of, um, they sang one of the greatest songs in history, the Shiras Hayam, the song at the sea, at the final ending of the uh, saga of the leaving out of Egypt. And we have an understanding that it wasn't just a song with a tune, but it's what's called a prophetic song. It means that people saw Hashem, and they uh, were so happy that they broke out in song. That It's like the words of the song came to everybody. So the, real, the question was, this form of song, how, does it, how did it go? How did, the, how did the song, how was it read? And the interesting thing is today we have different forms of prayer, especially on the Yom Naroyim, where we try to duplicate 
uh, different kinds of prayer. And if we knew exactly how that very lofty prayer was done, maybe we would want to do certain occasions, do it in a similar way. So, Tanobaran, Bo Bayom Dorish Revikiva. Revikiva Darshan, Bishash, we're right in the middle of the page. Bishash, Oli Yisrael Meneyam, when the Jewish people came up. Now, by the way, why was it when they came up? Originally, when they were in it, they thought just like they're going to get, go through it, the Egyptians will come through on the other side. They were, they, it wasn't until they, they left and they saw the dead Egyptians floating there, then they said, phew, they, they dodged the bullet. They weren't sure. While they were walking through it, they weren't sure that we were finished yet. But when they came up and they saw that the Egyptians, uh, that the sea had, so then they wanted to say, Shira. Kate said, Oma Shira. How, how do you do this high-level? He said, It's similar to how we read halal. You have the leader saying uh, one thing, and then the chorus answers, uh, um, not the, he doesn't repeat the whole thing, he just repeats part. Moshe Omar, Shir Lashem. Moshe said, Ashir Lashem, and they said, Ashir Lashem. Moshe Omar, Kigoga, Vehein Omar, Shir Lashem. They, they repeat their same line. There's a chorus there. Rebbe Loz, Benosher, Yosef, Gili, he says, no, I disagree. He says, I say, He says, like a child uh, would be le- uh, reading the halal, repeat after me. It's not that they went back to the chorus. They um, they repeated what Moshe said. It's an exact repeat. So again, the first one was each one has a unique line, and you wait for your signal and you repeat your line. The second one is no, you you just repeat what the leader says. He says it's like uh, we say Shema in Shul. Here he says sofa, but he really means like the chazan. He says the beginning, and then they answer. He like starts it, and then he's like, he gives the signal. So it's, we've created a whole machlokas here about what was the format for the shira. So what's the argument? When it said lemor, they're answering the first thing. And an answer means different words. No. They repeat the whole thing. Reb Nechem Yisaber v'yomru they de'omer kulu b'hadi hadadi. He started it, but then they said the whole thing together. Lemur the pasuk Moshe Beresha they that Moshe just started it. So again, there was a, a big debate about that, and the difference would be how we uh, do our prayers. Why is it that certain prayers there's a chorus, and certain ones there's not, and certain ones have to be started by someone else? Um, sometimes in the shul, uh, there are certain tefillahs that are they're supposed to be said a certain way, but nobody's paying attention, and so it ends up being, and, and we gotta go. Everybody has to go to work, and so they just keep on. A lot of the slichos are like that. It says, you know, you're supposed to answer the chazan. So if you've ever been chazan, you know, sometimes it's like you gotta give everybody the new, 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 you know, like they're waiting for the people they answer, they don't answer, so he just keeps on. Right? That's sometimes what happens. Uh, uh, but there is a, a format. Um, that it should go in um, a few times a year. It comes out on Yom Eroim, it comes out during Slichos, it comes out during Kinos also, that some of them have a um, something in. Turn around. Dorish, now that we're on the subject. Mm-hmm. 
Chas, Achas, Viachas, Achas, Vishtayim, and everyone repeats it, but you don't know that you go before the Chas and you go after the Chas. Right, that's right. And every year there's some that do one way and some that do another, right? <laughs> and there's some that jump the gun and everybody's wondering why is that, you know, there's always somebody that likes to do it that way, right? That's uh, very good. They do it in that way in, in Washington, D.C., then they do it this way in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, that's the same. We have the same minute here. It's the same all over. This, you... Wherever you go, okay. Yeah. Okay. First white line. When the Jewish people came out of the scene, they said, we want to do this famous kind of prophetic song called Shira. So how do you do it? So listen to what it says. Well, you've got people carrying little babies. They're carrying the two-year-old. That's on uh, their mother's knees. And sometimes you actually have a baby that's nursing. And the fact that you're a child doesn't mean that you wouldn't say Shira. Shira means the neshama inside you wants to praise Hashem. And your neshama, even a child, has an adult neshama, so to speak. It's not that your neshama grows as a baby. You, that he has a portion of Hashem, and just like we, you know, we start off little babies, we don't know anything, and we grow up, and the, the neshama that a child has is a holy neshama that's, that's the same neshama he has his whole life. And so that neshama um, had experienced a miracle, and it can, it can pour out of the person and praise Hashem. It, when, when sometimes, uh, we never know, our, our, when we're talking, is our neshama talking? Or is another part of us talking? Or is, are we just saying words? But at the sea, the inner neshama of each person uh, woke up and said shira. So even the little babies, their neshama also wanted to say shira. So even though they didn't know yet, all they could say was goo goo gaga, but their neshama knew how to talk. So the neshama of the babies started singing the shira at that time. Now, the problem is, uh, one of the babies was nursing the mother. Uh, when they saw the shechina, so the baby that was on the mother's lap picked up its head. Whoa, here's the shechina. And the baby that was nursing spit out its mother's uh, um, uh, uh, breast and, and started, This is my God. How do we know that's what happened? Because it says, that from the mouths of babes, uh, Hashem's uh, was uh, the, the the truth of the the greatness of Hashem was such an experience that even people that were even babies recognized it. Rameir says, He says, I can I can up you one. He said, not only did the little babies say Shira, if somebody was pregnant, the baby inside the womb started saying Shira. Uh, now, could you hear it? Uh, um, uh, how do you know? So the Gemara has a question. Well, what do you mean they said Shira? How could they see it? How did their neshamas know what was happening if they were inside the womb? Isn't a baby inside the wound? Uh, does the baby's inside a mother's stomach, do they see what's going on? So uh, let's just read the words. Over time, like the mother's stomachs were made like um, transparent, and they were able to see 
the babies inside the womb. Uh, somehow, they, sometimes they, um, we had, when we had a baby in Georgia, we once got, the governor was wasting taxpayer money and send us a music uh, cassette. It wasn't a cassette, it was a CD, because if you play music, the women are pregnant, and the babies will be not as violent, and they'll be, they'll be born with a smile or whatever. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's what I got in the mail, that's taxpayer money. Um, they, they sent us this... Uh, 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 you got one of those too? I you never did. No, no, oh, no. yeah, no, I got, I got one of those. Special headphones. Right. Are you, are you joking or are you no, serious? No, no, the headphones, like the headphones, but like the flappy things, right? The, the stomach. The, the, the speakers. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but at any rate, that's, that, that's the concept. It's interesting that, that they want to say such a drusha. Like, what is that telling us? That even, even a baby, even a child recognizes it, uh, um, you know, recognized Hashem at the Shira Sayyam. 